episode was recorded prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. Welcome to part two of season three, episode four. And I wanted to ask you, Veronica, because I'm actually going to be like speaking on this topic at like Merit Club next week. But like, how do you balance trying to live your life as you were doing? And as I said, like, I really respect you for that. But yet trying to balance your family's expectations Mm -hmm. because you obviously seem like you're close to them. You love them. You just mentioned that, you know, they're great parents. Yeah. But you know in your heart that if I live the way my parents expect me to live, I'm not going to be living my best life. So curious, like, how you found the balance of not disappointing your parents or, you know, just being very frank with them and balancing that. Yeah, we had to talk a lot. I mean, we had to communicate because this is another thing. With my family, we are really closer to each other. But at the same time, we don't use, you know, to sit at the table and have a long conversation, mm-hmm. you know, about problems. Or we always try to understand what's going on, you know, mm-hmm. but without talking Without each other. talking, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I had to say, OK, now we need to stop, have a chat about this because oh. nothing is going you know, wrong or yeah. I'm happy. Uh, my ex-fiancé, ha- I, I guess he's happy now. Mm. And yeah. so it's absolutely fine. Of course, it takes time. Yeah, we yeah. need time. My dad needed a yeah. lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bless him. But I mean, now they're happy. Yeah, I remember that when I said, "Okay, I'm leaving. I'm going to the UK." They were like, "What? Yeah, why UK?" And I mean, I used to live in Lisbon. I'm completely in love with this place. So my yeah. mom was expecting more going you know, there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I came saying, "Okay, I'm mm-hmm. going to UK," and she mm-hmm. said what's going on Mm -hmm. so I had to explain that I had to challenge myself do something different yeah yeah so we had to talk a lot it's very brave of you actually you know to to, to do that to firstly to go through that experience knowing that you know you could potentially disappoint your parents or you know end up in a situation where your relationship is you know hurt somehow or damaged Uh, as well as just also then on top of that to you know leave the country and go somewhere that you've never been before and set up a totally different kind of life for yourself it's very very brave I mean Chris is basically trying to do that without the (laughs) runaway bride (laughs) section of the story But no, so, and and you made the point, um, Eve, about I think a lot of it has to do with the cultural aspect. Because that's where my experience comes in. Like, I'm a Korean-American, so I'm very Americanized. I came to the U.S. when I was one from Korea, so I'm very, very Americanized. But um, not only am I proud to be Korean, but my parents are very culturally, traditionally Korean, Mm -hmm. and they had a long list, let's just say, expectations of how I should be living my life mm. to the degree of what I should be in my career, mm. um, to who I should be marrying, when I be marrying. Mm. And um, so I, I think just like as you guys said, it was a challenge. And I definitely am the black sheep of the family. And it was... <laughs> Yeah, I'm the only one that moved across the country twice, and then now I moved across the continent. And when I told them I'm moving to UK, I kid you not, 
both of them were, both my parents were, not only, why would you, why? Mm -hmm. Like, you keep moving further and further away. And this was actually really shocking what my mom said. And I know that it actually came Mm -hmm. from a good place. But it also really shed light on the very difference of perspective and what I want out of life as opposed to her standards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's just, I think, just a different time period of growing Mm -hmm. up when she said, why can't you just be happy? Uh yeah. Oh. yeah. Because from her perspective, and I will be very honest, like I created a very good life in New York. Like mm-hmm. I had a good career, make good money, good apartment, all that stuff. But so she thought that I had a good why can't you just settle down and be happy? So that was very eye-opening. Yeah. But yeah. and I don't think she really got it when I was like, Mom, I've yes, I have a good life here, but I have wanted to live in London for 20 years and I refuse to die without trying to pursue that one dream that keeps like coming back up mm-hmm. you know and then I think she finally got it but one of the things that I learned I think communication absolutely mm-hmm. but there are periods when my mom would not talk to me like yeah. she would yeah. she told me she was going to disown me because I was mm-hmm. dating like my first love was a Latino mm-hmm. okay. she did not talk to me for yeah. a year because she wanted to disown me that I you know was a mm-hmm. disgrace and all of this but I had to create a balance actually also of self-preservation mm-hmm. because I learned through my experience during that time when my mom didn't talk to me for an entire day it was heartbreaking guys mm-hmm. I literally yeah. thought that I had to make a decision between a guy that I actually thought I was going to marry or losing my family. And at the time, I was following love. But what I learned in retrospect is that our parents, at least from my experience, Mm -hmm. is always going to love us. Yeah. Yeah. Always. Yeah. No matter if my mom stopped talking for an entire day, it was brutal. Mm -hmm. She came back around. Yeah. Yeah. She's not going to want to lose her daughter, her child. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important to create that boundary and Mm -hmm. and show that, like, you know, I respect your opinion, mm. but I think you have to respect ours. And mm. now my mom doesn't even expect me or ask me, when are you going to get married? <laughs> like, you Eve, like, my mom's you know? like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> like, whatever. I've gotten used to it now. Yeah. No, no more expectations. Yeah, yeah that's but, what my parents do now. Yeah. 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 Okay, whatever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I think communication is definitely the key. Communication yeah. and to a certain extent maybe education. Now I don't mean that in the in the sense that our parents aren't educated. It's mm. just that they maybe come from a, a different place, yeah. you know, a different when things were different or whether Very. it's locationally or just mindset wise, you know. Yeah things were just different Mm -hmm. and it will be the same between us and you know our children or you know the the next generation Generation. we will probably be looking at them doing the same thing going what the hell are they doing (laughs) like we couldn't do that sort of stuff you know that's unacceptable and they'll be Mm. looking at us thinking god you're so boring and old you know (laughs) everyone does this now so I think it's just like a part of nature almost you know it's it's kind of like a a natural evolutionary thing but I think the difference between families that kind of get through it and and those that don't one of them is is communication and and education and Mm -hmm. making sure that you're understanding each other's perspective Mm -hmm. education for us as well to understand that their perspective is not coming from a bad place or no it's it's just a different 
perspective. You know,、mm-hmm. they just come from a different place, a different、mm-hmm. era, or a different culture, or a different background、mm-hmm. that has molded. You know, their thoughts just the same as ours have molded ours.、Mm-hmm. And then love and understanding, which I yes, know sounds really like hippie-ish, but、no. as long as you have those bonds within、yeah. your family unit,、mm-hmm. it's kind of like. They override everything. You know, you、exactly. can go through that process of not talking or arguing、mm-hmm. or trying to understand each other or trying to think about it and not get your head around it and you know all these、mm-hmm. like complicated scenarios. But ultimately, you go around in a big circle and you come back to that. So、mm-hmm. as long as you've got the love, understanding, and respect from both sides, you know, both parties,、mm-hmm. that's the other important thing. Because sometimes parents just want respect from their children. But they're not so easy to respect back, and、mm-hmm. especially after a certain age. You know, if your child is no longer an actual child, <laughs> you know, <laughs>、yeah. then then you have to kind of,、yeah. you know, you have to give back a little bit、mm. of respect for their views, opinions, experiences,、yeah. and and thoughts. So,、yeah. you know, I think that's ultimately what it is. Really, totally agree with、mm. you there. But the whole res- like showing respect actually has been one of the difficult challenges with my mom specifically actually because in Korean culture, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar, but there are two different forms of language. There's the honorific, and then there's like the more common if how you speak to your peers.、Mm. And so when you speak to your Elders, you speak in honorific form,、mm-hmm. and there's also a certain thing where the Korean terminology is like tembiao, which means like talking back. And for us, and especially like being very American and more outspoken now and very opinionated now,、um, when I have had these conversations with my mom, I feel like I am, you know, maybe to use your word, like trying to educate, trying to inform, trying、mm-hmm. to share my viewpoint, so we can have an open discussion. Yeah. But from my mom's perspective, You're I'm talking, talking back. back to her, <laughs>、yeah. and it has always escalated into screaming matches or not get, and then her never coming down from her stubbornness, and I'm always the one talking back. So for me, even at my age,、yeah. ladies, at 39, and I've realized my relationship with my mom is. So important that I'm gonna pick these battles, and I actually consciously make an effort. If I'm going, if our conversation is escalating at that point, I'm like, all right, just I'm surrendering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I yeah. rather have a conversation and a relationship with my mom than talking than to like try to win her over. Because yeah, yeah. I feel like sometimes the older traditional cultural like mindset, like they're gonna be very, very stubborn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that, and I can understand. Like sometimes you have to pick your battles. Yeah, and if you, you know,、one. it's we all love our parents, even if they annoy us sometimes. Oh my god! So yeah, right? you, know, <laughs> you can't, you can't get rid of them. That's the thing. You know, you can't、yeah. ever. Well, I can't. I can never think like that's it. Now this is over. No, I'm always like. I mean, my mom and I, we're like a ridiculous comedy duo. We have a. <laughs> So、we have、okay. we have a, we've bicker all the time. We're like a married couple. We literally bicker <laughs> like me 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 about stupid things sometimes. Even like she'd be like, "Why is your plate over there?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, what? You know, like what is this? This is this even a question? I'm sitting、yeah. here. My plate is here." Where else should it be? <laughs>、yeah. And then she goes, "You're so sarcastic. Don't talk to me like that."、Yeah. And, I, and 
then I'm like, why are you in a mood today? Is it the menopause? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, you guys can be cheeky so, though. That's cute. <laughs> so we have this like kind of, and then she calls, and then she says, you devil child. She calls Aww. me a little devil child. When she gets really annoyed, she's like, you're an evil child. You're a devil child. And I'm like, oh. But I'm your devil child. <laughs> so, you know, we have these like stupid, like bickering matches. And, so, and sometimes genuinely, like whatever, I mean, we sometimes have serious fights and it is actually her fault. She's the one at fault. But... We have this fight, and then she does this, like, my mom is really good at manipulating me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I call, Most moms are, I think. I call her Master Manipulator. Wow. That's, her, that's her name. Because she can just, like, do this little thing, and then I'm like, oh, my God, my mom's heart is broken. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think I just shouted a little bit too loudly, <laughs> you know? And then I'm thinking, yeah, but this was her fault. But I broke my mom's heart. (laughs) She does this thing and then I end up like, you know, 10 minutes later going back in the room and goddamn apologizing to her, even though I was the one that was right Uh to begin with. And uh, she just does that thing. Like I said, I can't even describe it. She'll just do this like... I'm a broken bird, like, you know, thing. And then I just, I get really sad and then I feel like, oh my God, I've broken her heart. Yeah, I shouldn't have done that. Like, what was the point in this argument anyway? Like, does it matter that much? You know, then I'll start justifying why I should apologize. Yeah. And I will apologize. Yeah. (laughs) Just because I can't stand that, you know, I just can't stand being in the, like, the not talking or the... You know, that knowing... I can't go to bed knowing that I've sat, upset her and then not apologised about it. Like, I just can't mm. do it. It's a, a very right. strange very thing. It's very good of you. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so we go through that. And sometimes, several months later, she'll come back and she'll go, you know that day when we were arguing about I think you were right. And I'm like, <laughs> God damn it! You make me feel so bad! And I said sorry to you! <laughs> At least she tell you my mom doesn't do that. Yeah. She, she doesn't know how to say sorry. Mm. Yeah. But I mean, now I know why. Because she had a really hard relationship with her mother. Yeah. But it, it takes so long for me, you know, to understand that. But now when we have a fight, you mm-hmm. know, we, we have a discussion about something. She will never say, I'm sorry about that. Mm-hmm. We, you know, stop the conversation. And after maybe one day, two days... She called me and she asked for something that is not related at all about the conversation we had. Just to get, start a way, conversation. Yeah, it's mm. her way to say, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. yeah. So last time it was, I had this call and she mm. said, what's the bags you were looking for? It's like mm. a yellow bag or yeah. something like that. And that I was her way to, yeah. You know, now I know. But when I yeah. was, you know, If younger, you don't mind younger, me asking, how old is your mum? Is 56. Oh, she's quite young. Yeah, yeah. she's yeah, quite yeah. young. Uh-huh. And how old is your mum, Chris? 55. Oh, she... No, no, no. She was born in 55. Oh. So, wait. Oh, okay. Uh, so 64. 64. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Because I think sometimes age has also something to do with it. 
you know mm. sometimes age i think because some you know i'm talking to some of my friends and they tell me about their parents and then i'm like oh that's weird my mom isn't like that and then i realize actually their parent is like 15 years older than my mom oh. and clearly they would so are they more be, conservative yeah more Even conservative more so? oh. and you know the and the age gap between them is bigger so there's there's yeah, 20 there's 20 years age gap between mm, myself and yeah. my mom so when you think about it, you know, when I was like 16, my mom was 36. Yeah. She was still young, you know, yeah, she was uh-huh. still very young. So yeah. we had, you know, and it's around that kind of age when you're 16, 17, 18, you start to develop a different relationship. You know, up until oh, then, yeah. it's like parent-child, you know, mm-hmm. it's past that that it, the dynamic kind of changes a bit. And I think for me, the reason that, you know, we bicker but tend to shy away from having any serious arguments mm-hmm. and we have a slightly different dynamic is because, you know, we were kind of almost like growing up together, mm. you know, and she says that herself. She's like, you know, when you were little, like I didn't even know what the hell yeah. I was doing. You know, yeah. I was so young, like I didn't have a clue myself. Uh-huh. But also she has changed. So I remember when I was young, my mum was like really strict, you yeah. know, really crazy. Um, I was expected to be perfect at every bloody thing so I felt a huge amount of pressure as a young child you know I knew how to ski I knew how to surf I knew how to do this I knew Mm -hmm. how to but I had to like actively participate in learning how to do all these things Mm -hmm. and be like the best in the class and Mm -hmm. so I was constantly trying to be like bigger and better it was all very aggressive and she took like no prisoners you know if I wasn't the best why wasn't I the best Mm -hmm. you know and that kind of stuff and there was expectations of my career when I would get married how I would speak how I would sit what I would wear Mm -hmm. you know what I would eat and when she when they talk about when I remember back to my very young age I feel like I was almost tortured and then when you see my mum now for example she's like the most laid back yeah, I mean, out. yeah. That impression. no I mean my mum was super super uptight like yeah. you have to be like the best you know like she sounds like an Asian tiger mom you yeah know that she was nuts like totally nuts Mm -hmm. i mean i learned how to swim when i was one not by a normal swimming teacher i was sent to an olympic swimming academy (laughs) (laughs) so i actually swam in an olympic pool and trained for the olympics for the first yeah first six seven years of my life Wow. wow and you know i knew how to ski when i was three there's pictures of me that i look like a little you know like a tiniest midget I had to have special skis made because I was too small. I knew how to windsurf. Mm -hmm. I knew how to, you know, do this, do that, play the piano, play Mm -hmm. the the violin. Uh, I spoke two languages fluently. My Mm -hmm. first word was telecommunication. What? So, uh, and my mum would be proud. She would be like, look, look at what Eve knows how to say. And it would be like, in Turkish, we have like, canalization which means like sewage system uh-huh. but because it's a complicated it was less about yeah. what it meant is about the complication of the word so it, yeah. any mm-hmm. any words that were like you know 19 letters long <laughs> and, you know quite difficult for like a, you know a one-year-old, one-year-old. To, oh to say i would be like sitting there going <laughs> 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 
<laughs> you know, but if you said like, say mom, I'd be like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't get gaga, goo goos uh, or any of that. No one apparently ever spoke to me, even yeah. when I was like a baby mm-hmm. like that. My mom would get fiercely angry if yeah. people were like, oh, could you, could you, cool? You know, no, 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 no. It's like telecommunication, <laughs> telecommunication. Wow. Um, I never crawled. Not because I was so clever, but apparently the moment I attempted to crawl, they picked me up and forced me to learn how to walk. So I cried for three days. Wow. wow. Continuously whilst Whoa. I was forced into learning how to walk. And then in three days I was like <laughs> walking around like a little penguin. So, but, you know, she was like major. You know, I, when I, did it shift? Where she became so laid back. So and- one one of the things is our lives changed a lot. You know, we were living in Turkey. We had a different lifestyle. We, we came from a different kind of background. Then we moved here. We had some trouble sometimes because it was just, you know, it's a difficult when you're moving from a country to another country mm-hmm. and you're a single parent. And in those days, you know, a woman and my mother was a mechanical engineer. Wow. She was in a male job, but men didn't really like hiring women into this job very much. And, you know, she had all these different, you know, we had a lot of these different dynamics. And then we came here and we were in a different, totally different space to what we were used to. Mm-hmm. And it was really, really hard. You know, she had to basically do whatever she could as a job mm-hmm. to, you know, just to Survive, put food on the, yeah. on the table and... We had to live in, you know, in, in areas or places we would not have ever even been exposed to where we came from. And you know, it was just a very different dynamic. And I think that really changed her quite a lot. You know, it made her grow up and perhaps understand some of the importance mm. of things and to value life in a different way mm-hmm. and to not be putting it on like, if you can say this or if mm-hmm. you can play 15 sports or if you're like the most intelligent person in the room you know is that really that important and I think she also got to communicate and um, have friends and be on a level with people that she had not been exposed to Mm. so you know my grandfather was a politician and a very senior person and you know very rich and they they were always like very gated so his children were not you know they were not exposed to people of different levels of education and different levels of income and Mm. and I think what she did was to connect with those people and and actually realize for the first time that you know, it doesn't matter that that person is maybe less educated. As a human being, you're connected somehow yeah, or, yeah. or you're supporting each other somehow. Mm-hmm. So all that kind of doesn't matter anymore. If yeah, you're trying yeah, to survive yeah. and you're supporting each other, you know, your friendships become different and oh, that stuff yeah. It yeah. becomes irrelevant, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think she was just exposed to all this stuff that made her grow up a lot and mm. change her perspective of people and life and mm-hmm. the importance of things. And she's definitely, you know, when Uzma was growing up, she was completely different. Really? Yeah. What's the age difference between you and Uzma again? 16 years. Wow. Yeah, so Uzma was okay. born into my arms. She's like my child. Kind of, yeah. yeah, yeah. You were a te- so I saw her obviously grow yeah. up like 
properly because I was a grown adult basically (laughs) and um and I used to uh, initially I used to always like make fun of my mum and I'd be like if I'd done that you would have killed me you know (laughs) Uh, and my sister was completely the the different you know total opposite she would like be smearing food on the wall (laughs) throwing stuff across the room and then going and licking it (laughs) you know and my mum was like yeah let her do what she wants you know she needs her freedom Whereas as a kid, you know, I was totally not, I couldn't, I, mm. you should see some pictures of me, I mean, wearing like velvet dresses and stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's so cute. Yeah, two years old and a velvet dress, not a single spillage, nothing spilt. I ate like on a table on yeah. some pillows. I didn't, <gasps> I didn't sit on a children's chair or anything like that. I sat with the adults on the adult table in, velvet dress. in my velvet dress with pillows. And my mum would, like, my grandmother would sometimes be like, oh, let me put a tissue or take this dress off because she's going to get it dirty. Yeah. Mum would be like, she needs to learn not to dribble food down herself. So, wow. yeah. So I was, like, totally different. I ate like this. My sister, I swear to God, the four year, first four years of her life, there was just food on the ceilings. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, you walked into the kitchen and it was just food everywhere. <laughs> she just froze the stuff and then, you know, just throw things around, basically. As, as Yeah, as babies yeah. too. So I think that that, you know, mm. I've seen that change in, yeah. my, in my mother. And I think that those kind of, you know, different experiences and as they're growing older and their background and their age, they become different in their yeah, mentality. Absolutely, yeah. And then she went on to study psychology. Yeah. So the added benefit I have now... <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think that maybe we wouldn't have got on as well if she hadn't because after she became a psychologist, I noticed that she became even more sort of open to people and people's Mm, perspectives and much more sort of understanding of the fact that things aren't always clear-cut or, you Mm -hmm. know, you can't have a single perspective and... You know, so now she's like complete hippie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you've That's met her. That's exactly the impression yeah. I got. So she's a complete previous, hippie. you know, pre evolution uh, like of who she is people. today. Like, I would have never guessed. Two different people. Two different people. Completely different people. Wow. And she was like an army, you know, major, <laughs> like a general, you know. She was pretty frightening. Yeah. Yeah. I used to be scared of, of her. Like, I, I actually still joke. That yeah. I'm a 39 year woman who's still scared shit, sorry to say, of yeah. my mom. Yeah, and I too. think I will still be 50, my mom 70, or mm. uh, we're 20, I think, something. I, I will be forever scared of my mom. Yeah. And I'm not afraid to say it, it's just the way it is. Yeah. But how much do you think the way our parents are, because I think we had the similar type of upbringing, has to do with them wanting to raise perfect children to because my experience was like children was kind of their like way of bragging rights versus trying to like have their children live the life that they didn't I guess so yeah which one do you think it is or yeah I think that they try to you know offer me the life that they didn't Mm. have Mm. in my experience is is that because my parents and I we have a different background Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I always had everything, you know, I needed, but of course, in different way. Mm-hmm. So, and I can also see the difference with me and with my brothers as well, as you were saying, mm. 
So yeah, they try, you know, to right. give us all mm-hmm. the chances mm. they had. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But for my mom, especially, they, it was completely different. And for my dad as well. Yeah. So the, she she has a great family, but the situation was completely different. No mm. communication, you know. Mm-hmm. She lost her father when she was really, really young. And mm-hmm. they had a great relationship, better than mm. her mother. So I can understand. Mm. So she, she was a major as well mm-hmm. with me, just with me, not with my brothers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you the oldest? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think maybe the oldest. Are you the oldest? Yeah. I think the oldest has the worst time. Yeah. Because yeah. 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 they're their first time so, parents. Exactly. They're like extremely overprotective at that time. Yeah. And by the second one, I heard that all moms are kind of like, all right, it's not that yeah. Yeah. big of a deal. Yeah. 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 You loosen up a bit. So I guess that with us, they also had, you know, another chance to learn, have another experience. Mm-hmm. And then with, other, with my brothers, for example, they are really, you know, yeah. like I said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. can see that my brother is 16 years old. Okay. He, he came back at night and very uh, late. Uh-huh. And I, I was yeah. not allowed to do that or, you know, uh, yeah. going yeah. out during the week when you yeah. have to go to school the day after. Yeah. I mean, I was very naughty, so I, I just did Were things. You? Yeah, like, and then my mom got extremely... <laughs> Extremely angry, yeah. but uh, but I wasn't allowed. But in my sister's case, my mom was like, "Why does this girl never go out? Like, we should make sure she goes out. It's not normal. Oh she needs God, to go yeah. out more, you know." <laughs> yeah, yeah. mom's like, "You need to go clubbing," you know. And I'm like, "What the hell? Like, what the hell is going on?" You know? Why did you raise me that way? I mean, I remember like being like. 14 and I and I saying to my mom so mom when am I going to be allowed to go clubbing because I was just like verging on that Mm. you know getting a bit hormonal and whatever and and turning a bit strange and um and she looked at me and I thought she was going to say like 16 18 you know I mean 18 is the legal age so I'm like okay 18 like I don't know and she went you're not going anywhere until you're 45 (laughs) (laughs) I was so shocked I was like So, they, yeah. I think they just like <laughs> arbitrarily throw out a number there that like as long as we can keep them single forever. I mean, my dad the same thing. Like he's like, I'm gonna tie you up. This sounds like as if my dad was violent. He was not violent, so I just let uh, set the record straight. But he said like. I'm going to tie you up and not let you date until you're like, you know, like 25 or something. And I was late bloomer. I actually didn't really date until 25. Yeah. His like fear mentality really got to me. But yeah, I think they just like throw out a number there. Yeah. So as long as that like they can keep them secure within their own like four walls of home. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I mean, I think it's tough. It's tough being a parent. and. Mm. You know, that's why I've chosen not to be. Because <laughs> I'm just like, like I don't think I, I could deal with here. it. Yeah. <laughs> no, what I wanted to mention why I asked you, Victoria, like if you think it's more like they want to provide a better life for you yeah. or if they uh, try to use their children as bragging rights. Mm-hmm. Because for me, I think it was a combination of both, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely my mom more than my dad my dad had more of a privileged life than my mom but i don't think if we lived in korea that um we would have had a less of a lifestyle actually Mm -hmm. i thought that maybe we would have more because family 
etc. But there have been times where I think specifically in the Korean culture, and I have some Korean American friends in back home in California, and Korean parents, I swear, they use children as a form of competition. Wow. It's like kind of like keeping up the Joneses, but it's not about like what home you live in or whatever, but it's like what school your children went to, mm-hmm. how much money they make, who they're actually marrying, you know, are they doctor or they're mm-hmm. lawyer or whatever, whatever. And so, and that to me was one of the more like unfathomable like type of like thought process. Like, why are you trying to use me as a trophy? Like, let me live mm-hmm. my life. Yeah. I think it still exists in like the Korean culture. Mm-hmm. And I found it really ironic because my parents are also not very expressive. Like, mm-hmm. they rarely ever said until this day, ever say I love you. Mm-hmm. I've been the one always like, love you. And then like, my mom's cute. She's like, she'll at the very end kind of mumble, love you. You know, like, <laughs> like, it's really painful for her to say I love yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. But um, but then I find out after the fact from my um, friends who know my mom's friends uh, connection, they're like, oh my God, your mom can't, couldn't stop bragging about you. I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm always never good enough. Why am I doing this? Da, 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 da. But yeah, she's yeah. bragging about X, Y, and Z. I mean, yeah. I think your mum sounds like my mum prior to being a counselor. Exactly. <laughs> you know, going no, through 100%. Some because, you know, my mum was like that. Like, she couldn't brag. She wouldn't brag about me to my face. Like, exactly. Yeah. No, Behind my back, mm-hmm. yes, but not to my face. And I think that was because she wanted me to keep working hard. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and nice. aim higher. And yeah. Because for mm-hmm. her, there was no ceiling. Yeah. So she yeah. never said like, okay, if you win this, that's it. No, no. Yeah. you could always do better. You yeah. know, so if if you got an A, why didn't you get an A star? You know, if you got ninety yeah. percent, why didn't you get a hundred percent? There was never like a situation where I felt like, okay, I'm done now. You know, no, no. I agree. Mm-hmm. it was kind of like, no, you've still got room to improve. You're not mm-hmm. doing well enough. And I think that if she, she probably felt like at the time, if she said to me, you know, I'm proud of you. This is great. Mm-hmm. I would have just been like, okay, so. Exactly. Yeah. You know, she thinks it's great, world, yeah. so I don't need to do any more, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what that's what she used agree, to yeah. kind of keep me pushing yeah. forward. Yeah. Um, I think, like, as a very young child, it was a little bit unfair because it would have mm-hmm. been nice to spend some time like a normal child. <laughs> Playing with other children, you know, I'm not <laughs> kidding. I was, table. I was like a proper nerd child, wow. you know. Like I read a page of the encyclopedia every night to, before I went to bed with my aunt, you wow. know, and stuff like that was yeah. my bedtime story. Did you actually enjoy it, or it just I, became a I part did. of a process? I mean, I did eventually yeah. because it became, you know, my my routine, and I did yeah. eventually. And my aunt was great. I mean, she would like read me stuff and then like put like little images in my mind so yeah. I'd go to bed like if we'd read about lions for example from uh-huh. the inside I'd go to bed like with like dreaming of lions running okay. around in the Serengeti uh-huh. and all this sort of Ooh. stuff so it kind of worked a part of my brain that perhaps never would have gotten worked mm-hmm. and no doubt that that contributed to my success at school or my Definitely. other successes no yeah. doubt about it but as a child perhaps it would have still have been nice to just be like a bit more normal yeah, yeah. you know I was I was definitely not normal you know I couldn't communicate with other kids mm. I didn't understand 
understand children. I didn't yeah. understand why they were running around. Do you know what yeah, I mean? I, yeah, I would yeah. be like that confused child that's sitting there going, why is that one picking its nose? Yeah. Like, <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> you know, this yeah. is not normal behavior. I know we're three, but come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was kind of that odd child mm-hmm. that would kind of be looking at other kids and not quite understanding you know why they're like that mm-hmm. and why they're not you know like me and essentially I was just like a shrunken adult you yeah. were you know you were like a uh, yeah. 30 year old in a two-year-old body yeah basically uh. you know it was like a little shrunken down adult so <laughs> I think that wasn't the greatest mm. but at the same time no doubt I probably owe a lot of my successes to some that of that of and that's why I think being a parent is difficult because mm-hmm. do you like push your children or do you kind of let them run wild Mm -hmm. you know would I have done as well if my mother hadn't pushed Mm -hmm. me Mm -hmm. or would I have done better like who knows you know there's no real formula is there so everyone's kind of just doing what they think is right yeah yeah Yeah. and I think to her that was right and yeah that's what she did I mean now she's tells me constantly that she's proud of me because one of the consequences of having a parent who never felt like it was good enough is that you actually become a person who is a bit of a perfectionist and you are never satisfied you become someone who can never go like okay I've achieved this now I'm happy you're constantly like why didn't I do better at this? You know, why am I not doing better? Well, that's exactly at that? where I was gonna go. Mm. That like, not only can you have this like perfectionist behavior, but I think even more psychologically like damaging, and it's something that I've struggled with. Like this mentality of like, I'm not good enough. Mm. Like yeah. I'm not good enough for that job, or I'm not good enough for this relationship, or whatever. Mm. And I've actually had some like not therapy work, but my friend is an incredible spiritual like person. Mm. And she was the one that helped me like get down to the root of like what's been holding me back in certain areas, including like relationships. I totally agree with you, Eve. Like I actually even thanked my mom, Mm. like now as an adult and being mature of like understanding how everything happened for X, Y, and Z that it's like, mom, thank you for actually raising me the way you did Mm. because I know I would not be the person who I am today, but there was some, I think, psychologically damaging mm. things that I yeah. still struggle with as an adult. And I yeah. think as as adults, all human beings, we carry a lot of burden from our childhood past. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That can be very damaging in, like, all sorts of aspects of our life. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I totally I agree. agree. Yeah. I totally agree. And I do think that, you know, those kind of not feeling good enough or being perfectionist, those things can be quite, you know, quite dangerous the mm-hmm. older you get. And it is something you can't shake off. And as I say, even though my mum now constantly tells me she's proud mm. because she's worried that I'm like overwork overdoing mm. overdoing you know mm-hmm. which yeah. is like a, a it's a trait that I actually you know can admit to having I do tend to be like okay I can do 75,000 things at once because I feel like why can't I do that you know and mm. if someone's like you're gonna be tired I'm like why would I be tired you know I get really like I should be able to do this mm. I should yeah. be able to do more why is this not not mm-hmm. better what is just not good enough you know I'm constantly going through this like cycle mm-hmm. and mum sort of sees it from the outside and goes okay you're killing yourself right now yeah. you need to like right. slow the hell down and I'm like it's not good enough and then she does that thing like I'm so proud of you you're doing so well like think of it this way like how many people are able to do you know x uh. y and z which you're doing like how many people do you know that are doing 
you know, yeah. while this, that, and the other. So that's a sign of your success. Like, where are you trying to go with this? Mm-hmm. And still, you know, I can't hear it. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm shut off to it. So now it doesn't matter what she says. I'm still stuck <laughs> in really? that, you know, in that child zone of yeah. constantly going, you got to do better. Like, this is not good enough. And, you know. Yeah, you're never happy. Yeah, never happy. Never yeah. happy. So, I mean, I am happy. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I am happy. But, but yeah, you know, I, like, mean, yeah. I strive for better. Yeah, strive exactly. For yeah. I strive yeah. for better. Yeah. And that has its good and bad points. It's very yeah. easy to run yourself wild and just do too much work mm-hmm. and take on too many things. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, going back to that first point, if you're pushing, mm-hmm. you are probably getting something a little bit more than you would if you were not pushing, maybe. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely agree there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's probably an upside to it as mm-hmm. well. So now that we've slated our parents. <laughs> <laughs> We love you, all of we us. We love, love you. you. <laughs> Even though you probably won't listen. <laughs> they don't know what Spotify is or iTunes. <laughs> no, I neither. <laughs> so you guys are saying my one. So we're saying so mum, uh, I just want to say I'm sorry in advance so I don't have to say it later. <laughs> I really, really, really love you. <laughs> She'll make me feel guilty about it now. I'll have to say sorry later. She'll be like, I didn't do that to you. No, I mean, she admits she did those things. Yeah. Uh, and it is quite weird because when, like you said, like even I find it hard to believe sometimes because when I look at her now. Oh, my like, God. Yeah. yeah. I could not imagine the person that you described is the person who sat in front of me the other week. Lovely and totally just, like, seems very carefree yeah. and in the moment and not as uptight and um yeah just up, up, uptight i guess is one of the words i mean she's a great example of evolution evolution yeah say. you know she's That's, definitely yeah. evolved like massively as a person mm. with a lot of different perspectives you know like you were referring to your mom and saying about the your first boyfriend and the, yeah you know i mean i remember my mom telling me if you do things like that i'll kill you you know. Yeah, and now yeah, I've had that. Uh, but then later, it became very different. Yeah. <laughs> and now she's just kind of like whatever, whatever, whoever you love, whoever's gonna make you happy. Really? I mean, my mom wow. is like the world's biggest hippie. Like I said, I she's just kind of like if you tell her, I'm gonna. If I said to her tomorrow, I'm gonna quit everything, you know, give all my money away to charity mm-hmm. and go and live in a mountain in. Kathmandu, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't know, do some meditation and hope for the best. She'll go do it. This is why yeah. I instantly fell in love with your mom. Yeah, she yeah. would her not for one like minute, spirit. Oh, yeah, she would not for one minute mm-hmm. go. No, don't do that. You're gonna yeah. throw, you know, all this away. And yeah. what are you gonna do for my? She'll just be like, go do it, mm-hmm. live your life, enjoy it. Later yeah. on, if you need money, you'll figure it out. It will, it will yeah. happen. Yeah, you know, things will just happen, and you'll figure it out. Go do it. Mm-hmm. So she's very like. If anything, I'm the uptight one now. <laughs> you know, I'm the one that's like, I can't do this, and she's constantly going, go do it. You know, go live a little. Yeah, go do stuff. So, so yeah, evolution. Yeah, you know that's my favorite word right now. Mm. Evolution. Um, because I feel like, and again, like this, like spiritual enlightenment that like humans, like we're like transformative like beings. Like I truly believe we're supposed to evolve, and the more we open up ourselves to 
evolving and learning from cultures and experiences and challenging our brains to do so much more because we only use I think like I don't know a very small percentage of our brain mass but that I think is such a fascinating way to live yeah than to be stuck in whether it's societal expectation of like what's defined for you or your family expectations or living in the same you know no offense to someone who like born and bred in one city and only and live and die there but I think like especially now some people are becoming Mm -hmm. so much more I don't know exposed to the outside world we have that privilege Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. I think being open to change Mm -hmm. is really good you know personally just being open to change because things are changing around you Mm -hmm. all the time so I think if you're open to change you you naturally have to be open yeah you naturally Mm -hmm. change with whatever is happening around you and that just makes you a better person absolutely so but it is interesting difficult thing to do it's hard yeah Yeah. changing as people yeah Yeah. -hmm. i think like naturally humans were afraid yeah i mean it's still your comfort zone you know it's not easy to get out of there yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. so i think people don't realize if you jump out of your comfort zone is when you're going to actually like I think really grow. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. When you face your fears. I mean, generally, you achieve b- your biggest successes probably out of like failures yeah, and yeah. taking risk and. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the bigger the leap, the more the reward in some way or another. Some way. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Even if the leap is ultimately a failure, the reward is that you learn something. Oh my God. Out so much. Yeah. yeah. Massively. I think here to evolution. <laughs> and my name, my full name, which is Evrim. Oh, yeah. Wow. Instead of Eve, actually means evolution Evisha. in Turkish. Does it really? <laughs> yeah. So my crazy mother, who was like some kind of crazy activist at the time, because everybody had like Arabic stemming names, yes. you know, like religious stemming names. And she decided that she was going to call me Evolution, which at the time kind of <laughs> almost branded it. you with being like some sort of progressive, you know, communist viewed, like, you wow. know, like a very different kind of. So she made a political statement by naming Wow, me. by naming, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She certainly did. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It was instilled in you from birth. <laughs> no, I mean, definitely. All, all of that was definitely. I was brought up by a bunch of very strong women. So so, you know, my two aunts and my grandmother and my mother. My grandmother had five sisters. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just surrounded by women, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. most of my life and, and taken care of by by women. And they were the main figures. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were all crazy. Like, I come from a family of complete nutters. <laughs> my grandmother was doing base jumping and all this kind What's of stuff. base jumping? With a parachute. You jump off oh. a cliff and then you <gasps> you pull it. Yeah. Like, you do come from a family of... At a time women. when women didn't do shit like oh. that, right? And in a country where they didn't do stuff yeah. like oh that. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's amazing. So, and, you know, she got divorced twice, which was, like, unheard of. Of course, wow. yeah. Um, her older sister was, like, a, a feminist politician, like, Pankow. getting arrested you know getting beaten up by the police for protesting my aunts were the same my aunt well you know one of my aunts is disabled and is in a wheelchair but she would like literally like go to these protests with her wheelchair and her pancard and you know all that sort of stuff so 
I come from like a, a line of crazy. So when you crazy said... Crazy badass, though. Those are some amazing women. When yeah. you were saying, you know, did your parents want do this to uh, for you to be have something they didn't have? Mm-hmm. Or was it to kind of show off? Uh, in my case, I don't think it was either. Mm. I think that my mum was relatively privileged anyway mm-hmm, and got mm-hmm. a very good education and, mm. you know, all that sort of stuff. So I don't think she felt like she gave me anything necessarily more than what she had. Mm-hmm. But she just came from, like I said, this yeah. group of women that were kind of very aggressive and yeah. very forward-thinking for the time that they mm-hmm. lived in and yeah. very progressive and and no fear like to do things that were completely out of the norm in society. So I think she was just kind of almost like programmed yeah. to bring up a child, especially a girl, Mm-hmm. that was kind of like that too mm-hmm. and a part of being like that to her was probably just trying to be the best and yeah. you know that kind of aggressive mentality yeah. of carrying on that legacy yeah. of these amazing women like female leaders yeah so they were just i mean they were nuts like <laughs> completely nuts uh, I just, I can't believe some of the stuff that they did and got up to. And, you know, you see the black and white photos and stuff and you're just like, wow. this is crazy. The yeah. stories your family can tell. My goodness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of my great aunts died relatively recently, a couple of years mm. ago. So I had, I spent some time with her just prior to her death. So I guess, because my grandmother died when I was 12. So she was like the closest source of information mm-hmm. for me as a grown up. You know, because at 12, you don't appreciate those kinds of things as much. And I was talking to her about all of these things. And I remember saying to her, like, you guys were nuts. Like, how the hell could you even do some of this stuff? Mm-hmm. Like, what what about your parents and yeah. your grandparents? Were they not looking at you like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Like, their parents had six girls and a boy. And she said that their father had just basically decided, because he had only one son, that he would just make them all into boys. Mm. So they would participate in things that normally, you know, boys would participate in and Mm -hmm. that girls necessarily wouldn't, like, be a part of. And then after their father died, they had to kind of fend for themselves. Mm. So they had no choice but to man up. So she said, I wasn't given a choice. No one said to me, like, do you want to be tough or do you want to be this or do you... We had no choice. There was Mm -hmm. my mother and then six girls, basically no one to take care of us. So we had to take care of ourselves and we had to be really brutal to fend off. Because in those days, she was like, all kinds of things could happen to you if you were just like a group of women, you know, single, non-manned women, you know, in a house. Like Uh anything could happen to you, basically. So they had to figure out how to, you know, be stronger and take care of each other and fend off people and educate themselves and earn money and work, you know, when Mm -hmm. women didn't work. A couple of them refused to get married. So two of them died never having been married, which again was like... Yeah, totally unheard of, I'm sure. Yeah, like totally a no-no. And it was that time when Turkey was changing. So people were going from, you know, still the Ottoman, you know, more sort of religious uh, conservative views to the more modern European views. So Mm. you had like a group of people with the mini skirts and the, you Mm. know, like it was like a very different look. Wow. Yeah. And there's pictures of these ladies like, you know, looking pretty hot, you know, and you're just like (laughs) looking at that and I'm thinking, wow, this was like you know 
don't know, like 90 years ago or something wow. now. Like, how did they have the gall to go out like that? Wow. Some balls yeah. It was in. Yeah, it was like a statement. So yeah. I think because she came from that background, yeah. like I said, it was like pre-ingrained in her, exactly. probably yeah. to make her girls grow up in a similar sort of way. Mm-hmm. But Osmar came so much later by yeah. then, she was just like... <laughs> I'm all soft and gooey now. (laughs) (laughs) Do whatever you want. So, yes. So there we go. I want to see pictures from your past. Like your pictures and your families. God, these sound like fascinating women. Yeah. No, I mean, I'll definitely bring in some pictures for you to see. It's it's really interesting even to me. I'm I'm quite quite amazed by, you know, because some of it you just think, no, they didn't do that, did they? Yeah. And the stories and, you know, my aunt is an amazingly interesting person to Mm. uh, speak to. The one that's in the wheelchair, I mean, she went to medical school and studied to be a doctor. Mm. She could never practice because she Mm. was disabled, but she did that anyway, you know, and even just being able to achieve that in that Mm -hmm, country mm -hmm. at that time you know, is pretty incredible. Way ahead of her time. And she's just very much, you know, even to this day, if she doesn't agree with something in politics, she'll be very vocal about it. And we're constantly like, you know, you're like a disabled woman living on our own, like be careful, Mm -hmm. you know, because some of these things can get heated and all kinds of crazy people do crazy shit, Mm -hmm. basically. So we're kind of like, we don't want anything to happen to you. And she's very much like, no, I will not be filtered. You know, like I I am 80 years old. I've never been filtered and I am not going to be filtered. (laughs) And it's kind of like gives me goosebumps. But at the same time, you know, we worry about her and we're like, please calm down. (laughs) Stop talking to people people about your political views but they're very cool they are very cool i have been working on a book actually (gasps) wow what is this book talk about it i've been working on a book called the evolution of eve oh yes speaking Um, of what your name means yeah and it's basically i mean it's not entirely about me it's kind of semi-fiction because some of the stuff like obviously i was not there and some of it is too far away for all the gaps to be filled in. So some of it I've kind of had to make up in the sense that I have to guesstimate, you know, mm. the conversations between people or exactly what happened. But so is it non-fiction or fiction then? Well, it's, I think it, it would probably go under fiction, but it's loosely mm. based on some of this information. So, oh. you know, it's loosely based on my grandparents, my great-grandparents, I guess. So their parents and then these daughters and, you know, some of the different paths that they took and Mm -hmm. some of the things that they've encountered. So some of it is factual because obviously I have been told these stories and some of it I've had to fill in the gaps because... Mm I don't have like a proper timeline yep, of, exactly. of everything that's happened. So, you know, it's fictional, but it's loosely based on <gasps> facts. Yeah. So it's well, quite I was already fascinated about yeah. you telling us all about these women. So And it was I'm an interesting process to write it because you have to mm. obviously do a lot of research and talk to lots yeah. of people in your family. And no wonder you're only oh. sleeping three to five hours. <laughs> <Yeah>. Girl, woman. <laughs> so you're still writing this book or is it done? Oh, 
almost done. It's wow. it's still it's still in progress, but it's not far off now. But it's been a good like six seven years now. Yeah. So it's I not something it's I started. Yeah. yeah. So I started maybe yeah. Set. The idea was maybe ten years ago, mm. but then it took me a couple of years to actually get my shit together, you know, mm-hmm. and decide that I was definitely going to do it. Mm. And then you know, it took me obviously a while to speak to people write down some of the Mm -hmm. stories and then figure out where the gaps were Mm -hmm. and you know and then try and figure out how to fill them in but you have to look up a lot of dates and understand what was happening in in that part of the world at that particular moment to make it relevant you know if you want it to sound true you know otherwise you could like obviously talk about aliens coming down or something (laughs) but I wanted it to be a little bit more like historically you know factual at least I mean I don't know if you told me that one of your you know women from your past your aunts like were able to talk to aliens I would believe it Interesting. It's cool. All right. So when is it coming out? Uh, uh, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) Yeah. Not any times. I think it will probably take me at least another year to finish Mm -hmm. it, get it edited properly, you know, all that sort of stuff, Mm -hmm. and then figure out how to publish. Well, I think I'm just going to self-publish it. Just see what happens. It was more like a a pet. You know, it was something I wanted to do that I was actually interested in, and I kind of didn't care if anybody else was. Do you know what I mean? I was just kind of like, I really want to do this. I'm quite intrigued by my own Mm -hmm. family and Mm -hmm. and by my own background. I think I'm just going to write about it Mm -hmm. and then see what happens so I just did so I think I'll just self-publish it and then whatever yeah it's wow. it's kind of not important mm, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whether it's successful or not I think if anyone reads it and finds it interesting I'd be happy with that like yeah. just one person you know, you know, know. <laughs> reads it and goes that's really weird you know <laughs> 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 it's okay all of our families are a little effed up (laughs) anyway thank you so much for joining me today ladies thank you this has been a very interesting conversation and we've digressed (laughs) off the issue a little bit but you know uh, it is what it is, mm-hmm. yeah. as is the poopology way. <laughs> and thank you, Veronica, for coming all this way to join us. Thank you. And for our new tote bags that oh, you have yes. kindly designed for us. <laughs> and please come back. Yeah, I do. Thank you. Great. And thank you to our listeners for listening.